Slice Audio. Number one question to ask in. Fuck all these questions you ask in. Hold on. I gotta pause the Kanye. I gotta tell you, man. Oh, I'm a little hot. Hot, hot, hot. Hot in the headphones. I've, uh... Kanye's a genius, dude. Kanye goes batshit crazy on the internet, and, like, here I am listening to old Kanye records. Because old Kanye records are still better than almost anything that will come out this year. Because... You know, Kanye's pretty bitching, man. <laughs> All right. Welcome to the show. <clears throat> bum, bum, bum. March, is that what we're in? March 10th, friends. March 10th. I uh, just got back from the Washington, D.C. That was strange, like being in the nation's capital when we inch a little closer to a world war. <laughs> like, there's a few moments where I'm... Walking around the city and like, shit, man, we're on the list. And then I was very comforted to hear like a legislative chief of staff grab a cocktail and like, well, if we're all going down, let's all go down. <laughs> I was like, well, shit, man, that's not what you want to hear. Um, Where y'all want to start? tough one man where do you go i suppose ukraine right like ukraine what's been happening um i don't know if i'm i have you know half of this show is me bitching to you people about how you should calm your tits when you don't have an opinion and boy can boy am i not a foreign relations expert where did your mother's not teach and like i gotta tell you man and i'm in media and i have i'm a i have a podcast and i've never met a group of people with less fucking self-awareness than people who are all of a sudden taking a position. <laughs> like if you all of a sudden you've learned how to spell Kiev instead of Kiev. Well, that's the first that we're, when did that change? Right. I had to Google that up. Like I'm listening to the news on this cause I got real sucked into it, dude. Like it's fucking weird live streaming a war. I you just watch YouTube channels and wait for the troops to come in. There's something fucked up about that. I caught myself like I got like half hour in. I'm like, where's the popcorn? Second gear. Now I'm looking for different angles and shit. That's gross. Ugh. Glad I quit doing that. It's not that I'm insensitive to the you know like fuck man. I'd hate to, like I have fr- I don't have any Ukrainian friends really. I have. Like, friends who have Ukraine, I worry about that. Like, you read the news, this is awful shit, but, like, oh, my God. Why are you people? Why is this this, this is a new thing you're mad at? God. Tucker fucking Carlson sure can't help but butt his stupid head in. Jesus Christ, why don't you... Well, it's like Tucker Carlson is is part of the media team that worked for Ivan Drago. Jesus Christ, dude. Can you just be a fucking American? We get it. <laughs> And then, and this is like, listen, man, after all this January 6th shit, I'm fucking, I'm not even going to tiptoe around the fact that I'm not even going to be nice to Trump supporters. You're all fucking over your skis. This is insane. You know what he had to say? Dipshit's giving a speech in New Orleans last Saturday. And he's like, you know, we should just, you know, go bomb Russia. But on our planes, we'll put a sticker that will put China's, you know, flag on our planes. So they'll think it's China. Then they'll bomb each other. And I know he's joking. Like, I know he's joking. I get it. Like, I get that. You can even read that in the text, but like. Holy shit, dude. 
Thanks, Secretary of Defense Bugs Bunny. Like, <laughs> I just, I don't know. I was, I'm, I'm going to wind around a little bit, but like I was out in D.C. and I ended up getting to hang, and I don't mean this is all as a name drop, I guess it kind of sounds like that, but I'm like hanging out with like an extension of John Boehner's crew. And I'm listening to his audiobook, which is, by the way, fantastic. My my buddy Chase recommended it, and it's funny. It's laugh out loud funny. Like, you wouldn't think so. I caught myself in a weird, like, those of you that have been, <clears throat> some of you listened to for the politics end of it, which phew, I don't know why, but here we are. And like, remember John Boehner? John Boehner was the Speaker of the House on the Republican side from like 08 to 10, 11, 12, somewhere in there. He was the Speaker of the House when all, when our checkbook was all turned into shit. And um, at the time, I, like I, this is as I was also becoming a Republican, right? But I also remember, or I was a newly Republican, and I remember thinking, holy shit, dude. John Boehner and Michelle Bachman, really? This is where we're, this is, this is looking less inviting as a political party. But, you know, here we all are. I got to tell you, man, I'd give my left testicle if John Boehner was in charge of the Republicans right now. That's how sane he looks. Why can't you people see this? It's like, it's embarrassing. That took six fucking seconds. (laughs) I was like, hey, you know, we'll get into the politics later. Mm. Nope, under five. Well, this is what it is. You want me to do more episodes? We're going to do more episodes. Um, I just, you know, it's clown shoes, man. He's a clown shoes, rich kid bitch, I, like, who almost ruined the country because he didn't get his way like a fucking toddler and a bunch of grown adults are, like, just standing there acting like this is real. No. Can't do it anymore. Ukraine? Is that what we're talking about? <laughs> I do think this, as Ukraine as a whole, I, mm, I think America as a people is more comfortable with a bad guy, like a like a bad guy the country can be against. Like we're more comfortable with the '80s movie style bad guy. The Russians are a comfortable bad guy to like my age and older. The my like my children haven't grown up with a lot of movies where the Russians are the bad guys, right? Like this is why you see a lot of like I'm not getting <clears throat> I see a shit ton of uh pro Putin and like anti Ukraine not anti Ukraine, but pro Putin, pro Russia angles on this whole Ukrainian deal on my TikTok feed. Like I see it and I get it, right? Like if you don't think this is happening, you're naive, but like certainly there's you know, you know, I'm in the demo, right? Like I'm a I'm forty one. I'm 41. I'm a I'm a conservative dude, you know, like even in other states that aren't quite as red as this, like I'd probably be a Democrat, but like I'd be on the conservative end because I'm kind of a square at the end of it. And like. I'm in the demo. I'm the I'm like, you know, that's how you co-op minds a little bit. You show them TikTok, show them Facebook. It's just, you know, it's how it works. Both sides. Everyone's doing it. Anyways, that has nothing to do with neither here nor there. Other than I think as a people, like the as the you know, as you whack us in half and count the rings, the older folks are more comfortable with eighties movie bad guy as a as far as a country. They're, you know, I think we're more comfortable with the Cold War type <laughs> situation of it all. And like, you know, Jesus Christ, millennials. This has been the millennial experience. Um dot com boom, dot com bust, nine eleven. 
uh, fuck your house loans, we're going to save the banks, um, Afghani war and Iraq war, and, you know, pretty good spots in the middle there, but, like, they don't, they didn't grow up with Rocky Four. That's a real, <laughs> that's a real perspective shift if you think about the whole thing in, like, Stallone movie diplom- diplomatic ties. Um, <clears throat> I, you know, th- this is, it's shitty, right? Like it's, it's, it's like, I, I'm a, I'm a dummy and this is complicated other than you just feel for a country that is, doesn't have a choice. And I, you know, I think this Ukrainian dude that you can't remember his name of, so don't give me shit for not remember his name either. Like that's, I, I, it's, that's impressive. Like there's a, that's a, you haven't seen a leader like that for a while. And I know, you know, you see the cable news version of it all and it's, it's all turns into entertainment, which is gross. It's all tragedy porn, which is hard to want to talk about it at all. Right. But like, I guess the, like I saw Bloomberg had a great editorial on the deal and, and, and part of it kind of boiled down to this. This is at least what stuck with me on everything. Like there's sure right, right now it, it, the resolution on your picture is a black and white scan of a fax. You can't, no one can see anything, right? Like it's not until years go by that you see how it becomes a high resolution picture. And I don't mean that to take one side or the other. Like, you know, this is shit like, you know, Russia's for eight years, Russia built up their gold supplies and, and like, you know, bought a bunch of crypto and got really good at cybersecurity and figured out how they could survive if they had to bunker down, if everybody told them to fuck right off and ban their oil. And here's where we are. Right. So like now I guess we'll see. It's a tough, it's, I guess that's all I really have to talk about. Oh, you know what? I do have Ukrainian friends. This is embarrassing. I have actually, I gotta, I gotta, I mean, I wouldn't tell, like, friends, we haven't talked in a decade or so, but, like, this is the story I think of when I think of my Ukrainian friends. They, this is not, they are, they know, they're not friends with these people. This is a story they told me about you, you, one Ukrainian person. Actually, they might have been Russian. Now that I'm remembering the story, I don't want to tie, I don't, I don't want to make any one country or one side feel shitty about this story, but I swear to God, this is a real thing. We're sitting at dinner. And they, and they, they, and they, and like, Murdoch, this is wild. And they weren't, they weren't proponents of this, by the way. They, they're going to feel, they felt about it just how you felt about it. But okay. I've got to, I don't know why I'm over defending it. I got to quit doing that. So at the time, this is, oh, seven, eight, right before everything kind of turned to shit. They're, they were telling me about this company in, in like Russia or I'm pretty sure Russia. Yeah, Russian mail order bride. That's what this is, right? So, like, that's still a thing. That's if you don't know it's a thing, that's a thing. And like, you know, you you see it from time to time. And like, I don't judge it, right? Like, I don't. I'm pretty, I'm pretty bohemian about all this. Like, so like, if you if if that's your bag, that's your bag. But you know, whatever. But like, that they were telling me this story about this company where, and like, this is where it's a little gross. Like, you know, if you if you wanted to long to have a long-term partner like you'd find a i'd love to say it they were 21 but certainly like at 18 and like you if they wanted to like learn french or like play the piano or do the books like a, be an accountant right like 
they basically you went to university and like you paid a quarter million bucks and they came out the other end like with the skill set you wanted and if it didn't work out you just you know you send another one to school and you, you get that one for free isn't that appalling that's a real story that's a real story of people who knew people but i, I like you perspective you hear that right and you're like holy shit that's disgusting because it is that's disgusting but I got to tell you, man, if I was Ukrainian dude and like, you know, I guess what I'm saying is this, the occasional hand job to some fat old rich oil tycoon super trupper sounds pretty good comparatively to getting the apartment shelled right now. Oh my God, it's awful. This is some first time listeners to this podcast going, why did you people tell me to listen to this show? This show is disgusting. I'm just saying perspective. Um, the Ukrainian thing, this is a thought I had. This is a thought I had while I was in D.C. <clears throat> walking around. I like walking around cities when I get a chance. I, You know, you city people from around the areas that listen to this show, you should find yourself a rural area and, like, you don't have to walk around if you don't want to, but drive around. To go to the gas stations and eat at the diners and talk to go to the little movie theater and talk and go to the local bars and talk to the people and you know keep your guns in your holsters because you're automatically looking for what's wrong right no 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 same thing if you're a country person listening to the show you go to a city and just experience it man don't it doesn't have to be big expensive things like just uh, go to a walgreens just take it in a little look at the buildings old buildings buildings that have been around as long as some of you know some of our trees when you get to some of these old cities like it's real history and it's a it's a nice metronome change anyways i'm walking around one of these cities (laughs) i have the this is i swear i swear i feel this way like hypothetically let's say it's you know we get into some version of world war three which is you know a real bummer and i'm sure i don't make it past the shelling right like i'm not built for the two weeks after the power goes out and all of that but if i can survive that kind of shit if i can cockroach my ass into the whatever the next version becomes and make make no mistake i'm fighting for the flag as you know to the last man standing but like Ultimately, in these situations, moderates like me are pretty valuable because, you know, you got to work out a plan. You can't kill everybody. So, like, you know, you don't make peace with your friends. It's the real moderate's curse. There's, like, half of that and, like, half cocky deal-making that just makes me go, like, I don't know, man. I'll be fine. Zombie apocalypse. Aliens take over. Russia invades. Like... All right, let's gun up. But, you know, let's not be ridiculous and I'll find a way to make it through. <laughs> it sounds less traitorous if you mean it if you talk about aliens or zombies, like somehow I can broker a peace in the zombie apocalypse. I truly feel that. Like not everybody gets what they want and here's our territory and you know, that sucks, but like ask your Native American friends how they feel about the situation. Ooh. That got real judgy, didn't it? Um, what else been going on? I talk about DC. I was I was in DC for the uh, NAB, National Association of Broadcasters. So like, 
I don't know shit about DC. I'm kind of learning the city a little bit. It's kind of why I'm so enamored with it. But you know, DC works like just every other state capital. In in your in your home state's state capital, they have some sort of legislative session season. You're in season. You're out of season. In South Dakota's our state, if you'd like to learn, uh, we have a session that lasts three months in the first quarter, and that's when all the bills do. It's a part time job. I think it pays like six or nine grand a year. You know, and if you think that's fucking worth it, nope, no, it's not. Um, and you know that's how it works in South Dakota and other states. Like it's a job, and uh, when you're in session meaning the House and the Senate is trying to, you know, make bills and write bills and be in committees and blah, blah, blah. I feel like since I just got back, I can give you all a little schoolhouse rock or unrock. And, like, you know, your industry or your lobby group flies in. And in, in, in your state capital, it's called a drive-in or fly-in. And, and indeed, you know, like if your industry flies in, you sit in a hotel lobby, you learn about the issues your your industry cares about, you go to Capitol Hill and you talk to your people. And like in a state, some of you who live in big, some of you live in cities, right? <clears throat> that listen to this. In South Dakota, it's a little different because, like, you know, there's not a lot of people here. You, everybody's met our senators and house reps seventeen or eighteen thousand times. Like, I, you know, I think, like, I'm, I'm, I'm. I mean, he's pretty good at meeting people, so I'm probably one of Dusty Johnson's, you know, quarter million really great friends. I don't mean that at all as a name drop. I just mean that he's really personable. But, like, you know, you meet these people. So it's different than I would imagine in California where it's like getting a meeting with the Pope. If you tried to get a senator, holy shit. Anyways, you fly in, you learn about your things, you go to the Hill, you talk about stuff. It's a, And, like, all of D.C. Is, exists off other people's money. So, like, you know, the restaurants are really good and the hotels are really bitching. Like, it's hard not to like that kind of stuff. That's not what actually D.C. is. I flew in a day early to catch up with my, like, a buddy of mine is the head of the sheep lobby industry because the sheep lobby, or the sheep that, you know, the lamb that you eat and the curry that you enjoy is generally often grown in our neck of the woods. So, like, you know, he's a big muckety-muck out there. And, like, I flew in early to hang out with him and catch up because we're old college buddies. At the time, it's a fun story to tell because he's a pretty conservative dude and he's a you know he's a great he's awesome i love the dude and like when we met he was really rigid and it's funny at the time i was one of these like george bush is a war criminal democrats and because i'm a you know stupid kid and i didn't know anything and you know i was a fiery so i was what i was what you're supposed to be in college a fiery liberal and and you know fucking do-rag hemp necklace flip-flop cargo shorts the whole fucking bit and him and I had a philosophy class together, and I don't know, there's 30 people in the class, and it was just because, partially because we were, we're this is our jam, and partially because we're insufferable, loudmouth know-it-alls. Basically, 28 people would show up five minutes late, take a little nap, not have to say a thing, make sure you read the books that whatever Dr. What's-His-Name said to read, and him and I would scream at each other for 50 minutes, end of class, good to see you all, you know. It's just that's just what it became. As 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 to no surprise, if you listen to, it, to this show or like are a family member of mine or work with me in any way, shape, or form, <laughs> perhaps you're a client and you think you think that as well. Yeah, shit, I get it. Um. It's a great. I don't know. Like, the whole travel's coming back, right? So, like, 
the, you re- rediscover all these. Like I love, I love to travel. You should, and if you don't, you know, whatever your version of is coming back after COVID, do it because we can start to do that now. And like the airport beer, I forgot how much I liked the airport beer. You know, I'm in an industry where you can have a beer and head to your meeting oftentimes. Not every time, but oftentimes. And so, like, I man, is there anything better? Especially, so, like, those of you who live in a city, you do a lot of direct flights, right? Well, we don't have that out in the rural area where we live. On the super red states, you, it's a, it's a, you have to have a, a stopover in Denver, Minneapolis, Salt Lake, Dallas, you know, I've gotten to know the Dallas-Fort Worth airport well. I know they have dogs that'll support dogs. That's nice. Wish more airports did that. It just kind of brightens your day. They have terrible restaurants. Um, Denver's got Denver's got some pretty good joints as far as airports go. Anyways, you know, you get stuck in these... La- <laughs> you get stuck in these layovers at like 930 and you're like, fuck it, I'm ready for a beer. The airport beer is just one of the great beers. The, the post lawnmow beer, that's a good beer. The grill, like the beer why you grill the meat. That's a pretty good beer. You know, you stink like smoke a little bit. It's kind of sweaty. It's kind of hot. It go it pairs well with the post lawnmow beer. Because then, you know, you can have four or five beers and it's like, well, you know, I mow the lawn, I grill the steak. The beach beer, that's a good beer. It's hard to beat a good beach beer. That's My buddy Lucas thought of that. That's pretty accurate. Anyways, you do these. Sorry, I'm just, I got wandered off on the airport beer as I'm going through my D.C. trip. You fly in, you learn the things, you talk to the people. And so I'm not, I'm pretty new at all of this. I'm I'm fairly new to this world of, of go to DC and talk to your people and so I'm, you know, there's not a lot of instances where I I need to dummy up and learn for a while and this is one of those. So I try to dummy up and learn for a while. The people that I go with, I've been doing it for a long time. They're really good at it. They've got rapport with these people. Like I'm trying to learn, right? And I'm often, you know, don't allow that to <laughs> <laughs> to happen as much as that, because I'll just start firing away. So, you know, I was, I get, I don't know, it, it's so toxic masculinity is, it's not, it's weak to admit you have anxiety, but I got, I get real anxiety about things like this, especially when I have to like not yap. If I just know I can have the clearance to bullshit my way through it, or if I'm super prepped, I don't ever worry about speaking in front of people, but like, you know, this is a little different. You don't want to fuck it up. So I, I get anxiety real bad about stuff like this. And like, you know, it's 2022, so you might as well just we'll let some cats out of the bag and be real with each other. Circle of trust on this show, right? I sometimes, in these situations, will carry around a, a marijuana pen. <laughs> Not to get baked, but to like reduce a little anxiety. And oftentimes, if I just have it on me, similarly to I used to have to carry around a Klonopin. If I would fly or be in elevators, it would freak me out. But if I would just carry the pill with me, I often wouldn't need it. Same kind of thing applies here. This is, you know, I'm pretty functional as far as all that goes. But like, I was, in, I was, I was anxious. We're about to meet with rounds of people. Didn't want to, you know, <laughs> didn't want to make up. Didn't want. I just wanted to learn. I wanted to keep cool. So you sneak into the bathroom, and you know, I don't think I'm the only one in the Senate bathroom doing this that way. But you, you just reduce your anxiety a minute. 
And like I was trying to reduce it a lot. <laughs> so I maybe came in a little hot. Like it's all fine. I didn't make an ass of myself and it recovered pretty well. But when you Mike when you walk into Senator Rounds' office, because it's our I think it's one of our state animals, there's a there's a twenty seven foot buffalo like at fucking eye level right when you walk in. <laughs> and like you know, if you came in a little less anxious <laughs> it's a it's 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 incredibly hilarious. Anyways, all worked out fine. It all you know, you level right out and have a good meeting. But oh, that'll be the one that gets the email sent. Um. Oh, I've been learning more about the the metaverse. Are you guys learning more? You should learn more about the metaverse. My friend Dan Patterson works for CBS News, and he did a whole – it's really interesting. Um, I believe I – I think there's a retweet out there, or just Google this, Dan Patterson Metaverse interview. He did an interview, like, in the Metaverse, right, where, like, he joins a Metaverse, and he talks to all these Metaverse people, social media, and here's what they do, and here's what he's trying to do. And Dude, it's going to be the world. It's going to be a world. It's not going to be the world, but it is going to be a world, and it will be a real world, if that makes sense. And I don't mean that in the, let's take ayahuasca and talk about how, you know, the stars are God's salt. I actually mean it's going to be a world that will exist. That won't replace the real world, but, like, <sighs> creates a new universe, if if you can believe it. It's happening. It's money um commerce you know who pushes this stuff first it's always the way it goes weird sex people will be the thing that makes this the norm and you know you might not think the overton window is there but that's like the the entire reason we all have a million boxes of dvds sitting in a goddamn garage somewhere is because the pornography industry decided when they were trying to pick between Laserdisc and DVDs to choose DVDs. And that made DVD manufacturers have enough cash to actually do DVDs with everything that wasn't just a bunch of sex stuff. So as usual, thank your weird sex friends for the technology. Internet video? Internet video exists today at the level it does because of weird sex people. You might not think that's true. I'd like, I know some of you are out there going, no, it was the innovation and and business needs of silicon valley nope it was coke and porno welcome to the real world kids glad you're listening don't forget to rate and subscribe to this show <laughs> um you want you guys want a couple stories from Elsa sister i got a few requests so if like if you're new to this show, go back a few episodes and like listen to I was out fishing with my dad and my uncle Randy last summer and I got to do a couple episodes about those they were like real wild. I come from real wild stock. We're just a little feral, like a little non-traditional. And like that's just who we are as as people in my family a little. And you know, you used to be able to be real wild and like it was kind of fine. Now you get in trouble a little bit and like you're a criminal for life. Like, you know, that sucks. It's unfortunate because I have, you know, I've got feral boys and like they're smart, good natured dudes, but you know, they're a little rowdy once in a while. <laughs> so like, you know, it's just harder. It's a different path. Anyways, 
I got I remembered a good uh, story from El Sister about my pops. For but for about seven seconds, he he, so like he's a self-made man, right? He went to school to learn how to cut meat and like turn it into a pretty bitching thing, and and like you know, was a big deal in the meat world, and like you know did a, did real well for himself, and uh, had the ability to kind of retire early of sorts, or take a sabbatical, and and you know. Nothing more dangerous than a than a than a than a white dude who retired early. So like, for a while he was an investor for like seven seconds in in bucking rodeo bucking bulls and like you know, dad's country, but dad's not cowboy. There's a significant difference for those of you in the city, and you and you you know there's a real farmer rancher cowboy rodeo difference. Those are all different things. They all they all have they all have a lot of commonalities. And, and they will attend some same events and who doesn't like a good kid rock show. But at the same time, there are dramatic differences. And I and one thing I will say we are not are cowboys. We don't come from cowboy stock. We are pig farmers. We are German dock fishermen. That's who we come from, <laughs> from as people. So, you know, Pops gets into the buck and bull business. And I, I, this is what made me think of this. I have his, it because I use them as a Halloween costume. I have his like... <laughs> $2,000 cowboy boots, and, and I don't know if he knows it. I believe he listens to this show. Dad, I have your cowboy boots from the time you tried to invest in bucking bulls. <laughs> I just picture him showing up in, like, the cowboy outfit, because you see that now, right? Like, you know, for what we do for a living, we end up. I end up at a, at a fair amount of rodeos every year, which has actually become one of my favorite sports. I love rodeo. Rodeo is badass. Rodeo is tough. And, uh, you know, every year you go to these rodeos, your big ones in Vegas, or we have big ones out here in Deadwood and big ones here in the fall and big ones here in the spring. We're in rodeo country. And so you can always tell when, like, the <laughs> the businessman rodeo spectator shows up because it's a little bit like when I dress as a pirate for Halloween. <laughs> Oh man, that's probably more entertaining just to me, but I liked that he, you know, he was, he, it's a bit of a Renaissance dude, self-made man, you know, didn't know how to do this. Fuck it. Learned how to do it. Didn't know how to do that. Fuck it. Learned how to do it. And like, why not? Let's give bucking bulls a try. It's a real carny, uh, outfit. The, the bucking bull industry. If you do a little Google searching about it. Um, okay. Here's, here's the other, here's the other, some of these stories from my sister, I should have got a little clearance on, but okay. My, we're going to talk, we're going to talk about, we're going to talk about my buddy's ass chew. (laughs) I got, I think I got to do this without any names, even nicknames. Okay. My buddy gets in trouble. And he, you know, again, we come from some wild stock. And if you've never listened to this show and you're new to this show, I like I, I have I had I had the most ridiculously great and privileged childhood. I grew up in a little town of Elsister, South Dakota. It's a sleepy little rolling prairie hills farm community in southeastern South Dakota. And there's 700 people there. Not a stoplight, you know, not a drive through restaurant. Fucking bars and churches, homie. That's what we've got. 
And like, you know, it's part of the reason I like walk around a city. I grew up in a little pig farm in town without a stoplight. And so I still feel magic when I walk around a city, especially a city that has been there as long as Washington, D.C. All right, I'll shut up about D.C. Okay, so like sleepy little town, but you know, I, like our, I'm 41. Those of you that are around my age, we were like the last of the, of the, of the like cell phone era. You can get away with a shit ton of mischief and it wasn't going to be kind of on record. Right. It was kind of the last of the analog troublemakers. And <laughs> so my buddy, you know, cop tries to pulls him over. It's not totally unheard of to try to, uh, you know, elude the police on gravel roads if you know them real well. Which is not something I recommend, and I'll tell you, this is a perfect example of why. Uh, It didn't work out, and there was a car wreck, and, you know, everybody was okay, thank goodness. And so, you know, my buddy had to do a little uh, jail time. And at the time i remember i mean i don't know if we were 18 i think we were 17 and like you know you look back at it now and it was like summer camp jail right it was weekend jail like if you got caught fucking with your taxes or whatever maybe not taxes but like d it was dui jail you could work on the week during the week but you know on friday night instead of going to the bar you gotta (laughs) yeah go spend the weekend in the who's cow so you dry out a little bit so you don't you know get another dui not why he went. He was just trying to, you know, there was an example to be made. And so there, so he had to, you know, face the music. And like to us at the time, it was like, holy shit, dude's doing hard time. Because we're all a bunch of, you know, fucking Lutheran <laughs> kids. Like we, we're friends, like, you know, you talk to your friends from the cities and you tell, you they hear these stories and it's insane. And I get that. Right. But like, I'm not kidding. We were buddies with our cop. Like he would pull up and hang out with us while we were drinking in the gas station parking lot that we were all loiter in. There were several times he would pull us over and like, we would have a, a, between a six pack to several cases of beer heading out to whatever party we were going to. And he would just be like, God damn it, guys, can you just go home? And like, we'll act like this never happened. And if you, you know, he'd sometimes give you another gimme if he caught you again, if you were a little funny, like that's seriously, that's how we grew up. Okay. So we're hearing all the like prison stories, which, and like, you know, at the time the dude might as like, he was in Oz, like, holy shit, that was real. (laughs) So he's telling us about it and he's like, okay. So you get in and it's like summer camp and you're all, you know, you get a bunk and everything and everybody's pretty cool. They're just playing board games and cards and reading books. And a dude comes up to me and I'm just going to be my buddy here for the next few minutes. And a dude comes up to me and he's like, Hey man, you want to chew? And like, we're all farm kids. Right. So like we've all, I still do to this day. It's gross. But like, you know, we all chewed, we've all chewed Copenhagen or like skull (laughs) winter green fine cut. Like that's how we all started when we were kids. So we all chew. So the dude's like, hey, man, you want to chew? I got, I snuck some chewing. And without thinking, my buddy's like, oh, yeah, man, like, I'll take a chew. That's good. He's like, cool, here you go. And he takes a chew. And, 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 and the dude goes, that one was free. Next one's five bucks. Cool, cool, cool. And next time he's in, you know, he's got some money. It's five bucks, pays for it, puts it in. And then after he puts in the second one, mind you, on the second weekend, he goes, hey, man, you know, 
How do you, and like, I certainly would have thought about it right away too. I would have just been like, oh God, thank God a dip. I done. Give me one. But like, you know, Hey dude, how did you, uh, how, how do you get this in here? It's like, oh, okay. This is how it works. Right. So you take a can of, <laughs> you take a can of Copenhagen and you put it in a Ziploc bag and you roll that up. You put it in another Ziploc bag and you roll that up and you, and you keister it which is, if you're not getting where this is going, you put it up your butthole, and that's that's how you get through the search, you know? And, like, boom, there's your economy. That was the last one he'd take. He didn't take another one after that. I'd have fought that for, I think about that story, and, I and like, this is why, I sh- you know, fellas should quit chewing. I wonder how long you could make it in prison. I don't think very long. It is in two Ziploc bags. You know what I mean? Like, I trust a vendor not to get anything contaminated. Uh, Luckily, I don't have to worry about that, and I hope you don't ever have to either. Oh, speaking of, I guess we're just going to tell jail stories. Um, A lot of you white upper Midwesterners (laughs) listen to this. And and some of you from time to time will go, I don't know, man, white privilege. I'm not racist. Let me give you an example. So this is a hundred years ago, but like, you know, I I I hit a patch of ice, roll vehicle, very late, thought I was fine, call the police. Turns out I'm not fine. Turns out I'm pretty over the limit. So like, you know, had to do the do the blowing the thing and do all the tests and you know like i'm trying you know, like i called him in right like i'm trying to make everybody laugh trying to you know i'm fine I, everybody's cool you're like you know let's just talk about this so like got to like you know they eventually the cops don't it's four in the morning or whatever they don't give a shit how funny you are they gotta do their job and you know you blew over the thing because you, you whatever you blew over the thing. So I so you go you got to go in the cop car, right? Get in the cop car. Did I have to sit in the back and get handcuffed and read my rights and any of that bullshit? Nope. I don't believe anybody actually read me my rights. Now that I think of it. Anyways, um, I got to sit in the front. <laughs> I think they did at the end. I think I had to put on handcuffs. Like, hey man, we're we're when we get here, you got to put these on. I was like, all right, and like. You know, they, 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 there was a line to process. So, like, did I have to go in the back and hang out with everybody? No, I got to sit out front and make all the cops laugh because I'm pretty good at making a bunch of cops laugh. And, like, you know, we're just fucking shooting the shit and, and, like, I'm, you know, just and anything I can think of to keep these dudes laughing. Like, I'm, you know, I'm doing a, I'm doing a, I'm doing a nice solid 15 with these dudes, right? And finally, they're like, hey, man, you're entertaining, but we better process you. I'm like, God damn it. But, you know, at the time I was like, I thought I was going to get out of that. Can you fucking believe that? At the, I was dead to rights. Called it in. Brought him right there. Here you go. Like, and, and like, at the time thought, son of a bitch. I really thought maybe I was going to get out of that whole deal. And it turns out what I should have been thinking was, I can't believe I didn't have to be handcuffed. I got to sit up front. I got to sit up on the front desk and make everybody chuckle. I think I got offered coffee. You know, I didn't have to go sit in a cell. That's kind of what that is, right? 
Just little things like that. So the next time you're just like, oh my God, just take a beat. Consider your victories. That story is from Assessor, I guess, in this case. If those of you didn't know there was a black market for the nicotine uh, in rural county prisons, granted, you know, this is late 90s. I have no idea how it works now. I luckily haven't had to see the inside of a prison for quite some time. Well, ever, really. Well, I say that quite some time. Like, I'm so, you know, like somehow I'm the only dangerous white dude with a podcast in in the upper Midwest. (laughs) Jesus, calm down. Will you listen to yourself? All right, that can probably be the show. Um, hey, L sister, I actually at this point just eventually expect you guys to next time the the welcome to L sister signs get changed. I believe Home of Marac Jones should just be on it. Some of you listen to this, or some of you know people who listen to this. Like, I don't. I'm not asking for a parade. I'm not asking for a day. I don't need a key to the city. A key to the city isn't out of you know the realm of something i would would you know i'd entertain the offer if but like also it's a ton of 700 right like we probably don't have a lot of keys to the city running around and there's people who've done way more than i have right i'm just saying you know again privilege (laughs) i expect it here i am i'm i'm your i'm your tourism department oh we're in trouble then all right, think about your Ukrainian friends and like when you're mad that your fucking coffee's cold, keep in mind you still have your job and you're not shipping your wife to Poland because, you know, you got to grab a gun, homie. Um and like, you know, everything doesn't need a position. And resist the urge, I guess we're always just going to end this show with a lecture. Resist the urge to um find the entertainment value in the live stream of a war because they're still going to take a break to play that fucking Applebee's commercial. (laughs) So far, that's been America's real contribution to the war is that fucking Applebee's commercial. God, that's embarrassing. People got all mad at Applebee's like fucking Applebee's had anything to do with it. They're just buying ads, man. They're not buying ads because Putin's bombing fucking Kiev. They're buying ads because they're because you dipshits are watching the, the war and like also need to eat ribs or riblets. What do they fucking sell there? I just, you know, so far that's our greatest contribution. I mean, I think we're sending them like 17 billion bucks or something. We're doing what we can. And then those of you that are like, we should be invading and we should be fighting back. You know, I don't know shit about war and like sending troops into, you know, the 80s movie bad guy areas of it all. But mm, it's not... (laughs) You, I don't know. There's so much of this where you take a position on it, and then it's going to be taken out of context six weeks later. Like, look at this. He's a Putin fan. It's like, no. It's just, you know. Does everything have to be a war? I was in a stoplight today, and, like, the back of the guy's entire truck was, like, gunning up for whatever battle is in his head. Like, 
it's sure easy to say that from the nice comfy view of the of your chair as you're watching the shellings like ease up rambo a little you don't have to be a part of this this isn't about you douchebag um all right i thank you guys for listening and a lot of you said nice things after i did an updated episode so i said i'd do more episodes um that's about it oh you know what we, it's been a while since we checked in how we feeling health wise right like let me tell you what happened got a little fat got a little fatter got a little you know you find a nice you find a nice gal and you like her curly hair and you start eating more pie and like you know you stop going to the gym it just happens, right? Like, hey, man, no harm, no foul. It just, it's just what happens. So, you know, check in. How you feeling? Mentally, physically. I've rededicated back into the yoga. Twice this week so far. Going to get a third, maybe try to get a fourth in. Three or four a week. That's not asking too much, right? Stepped on the scale, I was a cool 234. Nah, you can do 10 less than that. Find your thing, whatever it is. Rededicate it. I, you know, or don't, whatever. I don't mean that preachy, but like, I don't know. I admitted my anxiety 40 minutes ago. Just, you know, you're in a safe space, homie. Just do better. <sighs> Is that it? That's it. Thanks for listening. It's time for the credits. I need to cut some credits. The Book of Murdoch. This has been a Home Slice audio production. This particular credits was recorded in Studio 2A. Executive producer is Mark. <laughs> He's in my cell phone is Mark fucking Houston. <laughs> Executive producer is Mark Houston. Engineering, Chris Jaquez. I think it's Jaquez. I call him Jaquez. And he is certainly the smartest man at Home Slice when it comes to technical abilities. I'm Murdoch. I wrote this uh, photo and videography by Russ Danger Haddon. And all graphic design done by our chief brand officer, Robert Tiberius Henry. See more shows at homesliceaudio.com or check out the homeslicegroup.com. Thanks for listening. Give this a like or a share. And you have a great day. Mark has to listen to this, and he's going to be so annoyed, and that tickles my fancy. (laughs) So leave this goddamn piece in.